0: Oh, okay. um all right i'm hitting record so let's make it count okay it's a real show now mm-hmm. this uh, exclusive preview is over yeah for the facebook uh, live people for the 14 hour,
1: people on that. facebook
0: yeah well it's important <sighs> every, every uh every uh, listener and i guess viewer in this case is important to the humble and fred show
1: so fred did you hear dan
0: doesn't have covid
2: yeah that's great <clears throat> you know yeah but what if he did what difference would it make
1: <laughs> well he can't go on his fancy uh, sets with a covid oh, diagnosis right. that's what that. difference it makes yeah
2: my dentist is still like uh major league uh, covid conscious it, and i'm not criticizing him it's just you still have to fill this thing out and Sit in your car until they call you in, and he's taking no chances whatsoever. So I know in some areas it's still very important. Well, as often happens on this
1: show, you know, you and I are wavelengths because I had written down I had gone to the dentist yesterday. Mm -hmm. Similar thing. I had to submit an online protocol survey, and you don't have to sit. You have to wear a mask in the office every room. Is yes. uh,
0: sealed off. Yes. Well, that makes sense in a dental office.
2: I mean, oh, of course it does. I, it's just yeah, a bunch of mouth mouths open. open and, yeah. and it's just spraying around everywhere. It's the guy's livelihood. You know, he can't He can't have it that uh, somebody came to his office and got COVID. People would cancel, and it's just not, not the image you're looking for. And he invested in all these big air filters, which are still running When you go in there,
1: yeah. Same with my guy, Doctor Steve. Yeah. Um, I was going to bring up. It's funny because I had written down a couple aspects. Very funny.
2: Very funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Let me use your word. It was interesting.
2: Interesting. Interesting, interesting, Very funny. Interesting. interesting, Funny. funny. Yeah.
1: But I had written down two aspects of this dental visit. One was that COVID protocols were still in place, and the other one I was going to ask you guys. If you enjoy an aggressive cleaning, because I got a very aggressive cleaning yesterday, and I really enjoyed it.
2: Yes, I do, actually. And I go through this thing with my dental hygienist every, I go every four months. You know, my teeth are crowded, so it, it hurts me to floss. I don't floss nearly as much as I should. You and everyone else, by the no, way. No, 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 I understand yeah. that. But she's, oh, Fred, you must floss more. And then I always sit there and I think, well, that's why I come here every four months. <laughs> so that you so can you do you it. you can do the dirty yeah. work. You know? Listen, I have some gaps in my teeth where I always have to floss them out and stuff. But between every tooth every day, it's it's uncomfortable for me. So I always have it in the back of my mind that, well, you know, every four months I go and get a good, aggressive cleaning. And that's what, what is, what is an aggressive cleaning? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer aggressive.
1: that in a question. I'll answer that question in a second. But, you know, <laughs> it, I, everyone does that every three or four months whenever you get your teeth cleaned, It's like the big hygienist lie. Have you been flossing? Yeah. You're like, oh, yes, yeah. of course I have. Well, <laughs> when I've discovered, because I've got similar gaps in some of my teeth. And as you get older, some of those gaps are, you know, increased or exacerbated. Yeah. But I, I use oh, yeah. these things. These dental picks, it has floss on one side and it's a a plastic pick in the middle. And what it does is it gets inside of those gaps. So so I count that as flossing. Dan Duran, I know, because we're roomies. Dan Duran goes old school and flosses. I'm I'm guessing uh, almost every day, Dan. Are you an everyday flosser?
0: Pretty much. Pretty much. At least once a day, trying yeah. to get that done, but you know what I, I, those those things that you 're using those little like uh, they 're like uh, arrow dental bow, picks, arrow yeah. bows, yeah, they look like bows, right? yes, and then you snap them in your teeth yeah. they, they they break all the time on me, so it doesn 't work yeah, because my teeth are buried <clears throat> you know
2: here's cool. what I do too I, I just waste. W- I wonder about hygienists too because before i go like the morning or the day before i floss mm-hmm, of course right <laughs> and right. the thing is they can probably tell because it irritates your gums if you don't do it all the time so you sit there and they probably open your mouth oh that here's a you know last minute uh, under the wire flosser oh, so when i went last week i'm flossing and i got between these two teeth that are really really close and the rope ripped or the floss ripped. Right. so i had this Piece of floss hanging out from between my two (laughs) teeth that I could not get out, even when I with with more floss. And I'm thinking, am I going to have to go to the dentist with this piece of string hanging out of my mouth, like a a tooth tampon? Yeah. So then I'm trying to figure out a way that I can just nip the 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 floss back to the tooth, so it's not like hanging out the side of my lip. It was ridiculous. Finally. About a half an hour before I went to the dentist, I got it out. So I was saved that embarrassment. Not no, that,
1: that is. Really that was embarrassment because <laughs>
2: I'd go in and say, Look, at there's floss in my teeth. Get <laughs> it's it? terribly
1: <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> uh, and you know what that is? That's an interesting and funny anecdote.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: so mm-hmm. to, before we start the show, Dan, what an aggressive cleaning is. Sometimes, you know, the hygienist will do mostly the crooked, picky thing, and sometimes they do the power washer, vacuum y thing. Well, yeah. so I, which I find more uh, more aggressive. She did lots of that water picky thing and ground like got right in there with the hooky picky thing. And uh, I know my gums were a bit, sen- you know, sort of tender for the rest of the day. That's what I mean. It was very aggressive.
2: Yeah, when they do the plaque uh, scrape too, sometimes right on the gum edge, it can oh, it starts to bleed. It's almost one of those uh, good hurts. It hurts, but it feels good. You know, that weird feeling. (laughs) Um, Imagine that that's your job all day long. All day. People open their mouths. And there's a lot of people that maybe don't take the time to prepare that we might. All day long, people are opening their mouths and you got to look in there and start scraping away. Like, what kind of a job is that? And then when they're doing the scraping and the picking, mine has like a little tissue or something so she's doing it and then dabbing it on what she pulls out she dabs on the
1: yeah on the
2: thing and it's like can you imagine like what that looks like i don't have to look at that and it's mine it would make me sick but all day long you're looking at people's plaque in your hand
1: yeah, my, i thought the exact same thing again yesterday like this is somebody's gig,
2: <laughs> Our and, gig. No, and you know the isn't is it not true that of the entire medical field uh, dentists have the highest uh, incidence of uh, suicide
1: oh yeah well i'm not look that up <laughs> i don't have to because i've got you an authority on this no. okay on that
0: happy note let's begin <clears throat> this very interesting episode oh interesting <laughs> it's being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Hubble and fred studios in toronto yeah. from our brampton subterranean facility and from lisa's dining room table in peterborough And is brought to you by Bowdog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVnet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now, here are two men who are planning their summer wear fashion show. All their shorts and tees that they brought back from their winter away, sashaying on the runway with blank faces and sunglasses. It's Humble and Fred. Thank Duran, and Rabbi Ralph
1: Ben-Murgey, our guest today. Always a pleasure checking in with Ralph. He's got an interesting perspective, interesting, funny. Uh. Yeah. yeah, my teeth were definitely a bit sensitive yesterday. Uh, I, I don't know how, how these plastic things I use. I don't know how you break them i think what you're referring to is the floss part the little bow floss part yes that always breaks but but i count that as flossing now well why wouldn't you because i'm literally getting in between the teeth every day i just find them more convenient yes i floss like for real by the way just before we get off hygiene or dental hygiene that is one of my favorite parts of the experience, I'm not sure if your guys as hygienists do this, but after all the picking, scraping, and whatever, then they go and floss for you. How great is that? Mm-hmm. I love that feeling mm-hmm. when they because do- you, you're you're getting a professional a professional flossing dance. I get it. Yeah, so, I don't think so. you do. I don't think you have the passion for I, this subject. I, that I, I know what you mean. That
2: Fred and I do. If I was to ever move or retire to a desperate third world country. I would hire somebody to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so <It's> indifferent <laughs>
0: to
1: this. I love the fact that that would be the excuse because we were in the third world there for a couple months. And, you well, know, I, I had people to do to anything. Had people doing everything. I had, some, I had a human being do all the laundry that I had for I 100 pesos. So I'm sure if I had said, listen, for another 100 pesos, could you floss my teeth for me? <laughs>
2: No problem.
1: <laughs> no problemo. No hey, problemo, senor.
2: And, and it creates a real dilemma. Mm. Because, again, she did all your laundry for the equivalent of, like, seven Canadian. You almost feel bad. Because up here, what would that be? But you almost feel bad. But they're thrilled to do it for that money. So, you know, you throw them a few extra bucks, which I'm sure you did, which you like to do. Because it, then they're, like, over the top. And that almost sounds cruel, but it's, that's the reality of it. You walk in, it's commerce. You walk in, how much to do, do my laundry? She says $7 Canadian or the equivalent. It's yeah. like, okay, deal done. <laughs> and it's like, I feel bad, but that's the deal. And I'm like trying to be, you know, you, you, you're right, though. You do
1: feel, uh, well, it's, a, it's an awkward. At first, you're like, well, this isn't very much money. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, okay, I'm going to spend 100 pesos. I'm going to give them, I think I, I gave her, Twenty to fifty extra pesos. So for the equivalent <laughs> for the equivalent of nine or ten dollars Canadian. She did all my laundry, folded it, bagged it. I would pay, it, 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 I could have been there the next day. She but I would come, I'd give it a couple of days. Dan oh, giving, no,
2: you, what's What a, a humanitarian oh, no, I you know. gave her a couple of days.
1: <laughs> Dan, but I see that Dan you, you have no passion for the hygienist uh, conversation. What is what? What would be a passionate subject for you right now? Because we'll, you know what, we'll get off this. Because now we're into the third world in commerce. But when, right. you tell me what's what's cranking your jer- jerking your crank or cranking you up or whatever people say.
0: Well, I don't know. I, the last few days I've been in bed because of this cold thing. Ah. I, I've I figured out that I I don't really know how to stack uh, pillows so that I'm comfortable. Ah, you guys got any pillow tips? Like I can't figure out how to you know layer pillows so that i can you know read or do laptop or whatever i you know, I oh, know.
2: sounds like a job for mike lindell
1: <laughs> no i was going to say if you were in the third world you could just have a <laughs> some you could have a mexican person uh, propping you up from behind for 100 you pesos could. yeah you can
2: and by the way howard said i give her uh, an extra 20 pesos that's a buck 40. no i know I know, and that, and you know, you sort of get caught up in that. Even with cabs, it's like, hey, you know, you're down in Centro, and how to g- to get back to the condo? It's like they charge about eighty pesos or whatever. So the odd guy would say, you know, hundred or hundred and ten, and you go, no, eighty, and then it's like, oh, and he'd <laughs> agree I mean. to eighty because that's the standard, and you think, oh, I just saved myself a buck.
1: You're doing, you're doing great, <laughs> man. Well, here's an interesting, I think, uh, thing I found out in San Miguel. Because I was asking a couple of the older guys there, the Americans that had been there a long time. I said, you know, because there's a couple of the caddies that I had that were sharp. They spoke some good English. They were sharp guys. You know, some of the older guys at caddy. You know, that's what they do. They've been there for a long time. And so I started asking about what kind of job being a caddy can be. And I said to one guy, I said, that Phil kid that you had today, I said, he's a sharp kid. Why is he doing this? And he told me the following uh, story. He said... These kids, by the way, Dan, they'll make 500 pesos for a, a caddy job, plus 100 usually is a tip, so 600 pesos plus their, their lunch. So you think of 600 pesos, uh, what is that, Freddie? six times seven is uh, 45 bucks, we'll call it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And in Mexico, 700, 600 pesos. For a day's work is a lot of money, and the story this guy told me is that one of these guys, these kids, literally left the caddy program, went to become a lawyer, went to school and got, got his law degree, and still caddies occasionally because that's more money than he makes. The equivalent of like on, on a day he wouldn't make that in a day being a lawyer. Oh wow!
2: Yeah, that's way more than a tooth flosser makes.
1: Absolutely, hmm. <laughs> or or a pillow proper. <laughs> <laughs> you can get somebody to hold you up for 30 pesos an hour right so you think yeah. about it. these kids sometimes will freddie will they'll do two they'll do two jobs in a day so now they're making the equivalent of 1200 pesos a day which is a huge amount of money
2: yeah and again you sort of get caught up in the numbers because you know 80 and 100 then without oh usually on the spot realizing that 20 pesos is only a buck something or whatever and I notice the grocery stores too there there are, always seems to be older women at the end bagging your groceries whether you ask for it or not yes and you know and you have to tip them and it's like oh god I got a tip do I have small and it's like apparently the going rate is like 20 pesos
1: that's right 20 is... 20 40 pesos
2: whatever right? okay then whatever <laughs> so you flip out 50 right and you just the smile on their faces. And fifty is like three dollars and some odd. Like, you know, stuff that falls out of your pants in the oh, yeah. car. Like, like nothing to us, really. But when you flip them a fifty for bagging your groceries, and you know, as some old woman who probably should be retired and all that, it's like you just make their day. <laughs> well, it's you not
1: only make your day, but you give them fifty pesos, they'll bag your groceries and touch your peepee. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> yeah. They will. You just say, uh, yeah, you know. I know. Yeah, right there, right <laughs> they, 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 you hang it right out there. No, you
1: don't like hang it. Jordan. Come on, oh. come on. I'm just saying, they'll just give you a little graze.
2: Oh, by the way, how's the? Uh, how's that woman that lives in your complex that was no, communi- by no
1: communication?
2: No communication. No well, I guess not. not. No. Hmm.
1: Mm. Uh, anyways, Dan, I'm glad that uh, we could have helped you with your uh, pillow propping, uh, you know, conundrum.
0: Great help. Great
1: help. And uh, I'm glad you're feeling
0: better. Yeah. Have you and, guys uh, covered off your uh, blood pressure and your heart rate and stuff uh, like that? Oh, man.
2: Well, I, that's I don't have thing. my watch on right now. Sorry. Uh, can't do I,
1: Dan, I can tell you right now that my heart rate is uh, is way down since I came back from that mountainous region we were saying and like i'm i'm back to you know good blood pressure uh heart rates fantastic uh eliminations are you know i'm on my squatty potty again that's another thing i was off my squatty potty for nine weeks now you're back i'm back on it
0: well, that's good.
2: good have you ever good.
1: taken the the squatty potty for a, a test drive down
2: not really no really
1: not even curious huh?
2: he doesn't you don't need it in the in your trailer
1: Oh, that's right, because your knees Dog's are up around really your ears. i got a really low toilet
2: seat work. in his trailer, and you sit on that, and your knees are up around your ears. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Is it, is it yeah.
1: interesting, yeah. or is it funny? <laughs> <laughs> it's something.
0: see. Uh, what else?
1: Dan, I'm surprised. You should take it for, before you leave, uh, being my roommate and going back to the real world, you should take, uh, try it downstairs. I've got one there, independent of my own en suite or whatever it's called. You should give it a shot.
0: All right. It's transformative. i uh, do that next time in there, I may I've seen it. I just haven't really thought about when I'm, you know, evacuating or whatever you like. What you it? Eliminations. Eliminations.
1: Well, yeah. both are correct. Ele- evacuations yeah. and eliminations. eliminations. Yep. yep. It's yep. a new musical coming up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I get the sense that Dan Duran is just bored of this. And so we should, uh, we should let him go. Um, lots to look forward to in the Dan Duran news today.
2: Yeah. Uh, lots to look forward to. I could tell he started to squirm soon as we talked about maybe, well, not taking advantage of or, you know, maybe taking advantage of, you know, um, third world labor. He started to squirm there. He doesn't like that kind of thing. No. But, hey, it's again, it's world commerce. You, you jump in and you, you pay the price and that's what it is. What else can you do?
1: Where do you think all, that, all those Kirkland jeans you wear are made? Where do you think they're made? Over here at the Costco? Kirkland jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think all those Kirkland uh, knockoff jeans, you think those are made over on in Etobicoke here?
0: They're probably uh, done somewhere else in the world. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And hope, hopefully there's somebody there going, you know, what's a fair wage for this? Not, let's not rip these people off.
1: That's oh, what you think, think so? I don't know. All right. Well, That's listen. I'm thinking so. It must be it's beautiful living be. in this utopian world that is inside the Dan Duran head. Well,
2: <laughs> and I'm willing to say, you know, what do I know? And I don't, there's not a monitor or a graph or whatever. But I would say, on average, the people of Mexico, the average Mexican citizen is a lot happier than the average Canadian citizen. I would guarantee that. Yeah, I, seem- I, w- I would agree. Yeah. Uh, just by the,
1: uh, I mean, Dan, you spent a week there, but... You know, you just the 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 people's attitude of happy with what they have, whatever that meter would be called or that metrics would be,
0: way exceeds ours. Oh. Yeah, you're right. I, you know, I don't remember any anybody getting angry or upset or. Really. Well, they don't have the rat race that we do, right? That's, yeah. And,
1: and it's the everyday. This the everyday mm-hmm. encounter with people. Like yes. You know, for nine weeks, every single day, some stranger said hello to me. Like in yes. in, in any situation.
2: You, you know that thing that comes out every year the happiest country in the world the happiest countries in the world yes and Finland's always at the top or oh, Finland. the Scandinavian countries yeah. it's like I I don't see Mexico on that list and having traveled there quite a bit over the past few years those people are happy they're happy people yeah generally Uh, And and they look you in the eye. Uh, You're right. They say hello. They always a smile on their face. They can't do enough for you.
1: It's it's really the here. It's the if you say hi to somebody, you know, walking into the Sobies, they're almost like what? Why hi? Why what? What? You know, there. It takes them aback. But what are you after? What are you after? Yeah. What what did I do? Hi what? Mm -hmm. But there, if you don't say hello, if somebody catches your eye. It's almost weird if, you don't, if they don't say something.
2: Yeah. Hola, hola.
1: Every day there's an hola, yeah. you know. You're saying hola every day, and if you don't, you're just, uh, you know, you're ostracized.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Dan Duran, we'll uh, look forward to your news and views after the uh, Ralph Ben Mergey interview. Uh, yeah. Hola. Hasta, you know what? Hasta pronto. We'll talk to you soon. I wanted to uh, point out a colleague of ours who was uh, named the 2023 Rosalie Award recipient. Somebody that you and I both have worked with and admire personally and professionally. Can you guess who I'm talking about? May? May Potts, baby. It's about time. May the Angel Potts. I know you've known her longer than me, but I've known her a good long time, and I can tell you. I mean, I don't even know what this award is, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, yeah. Mays. Doesn't it
2: recognize women in broadcasting? Yes, it does. Like an achievement?
1: So, uh, yes, uh, Radio Trailblazers have announced veteran Toronto radio personality as the recipient of the 2023 Rosalie Award uh, recognizing Canadian women. Who have blazed uh, new trails on radio. Uh, It's named for legendary CKLW. Oh, I get it. Yeah, Rosalie Trombley, who passed away. Rosalie Trombley was the music director at this legendary radio station back in the late 60s and 70s. And anyway, good for me.
2: You know, it would embarrass her to hear this and have me say this, but you know who else deserves that award? Is our good sweet friend Lori Love talking about a trailblazer? I would agree. Like it's unbelievable, the career that she has built out there in in, in Niagara, like owns the ratings, sort of fronts the morning show has for years, which is unique for a woman yeah. in a morning show. It yeah, is. That, that's it the, tra- be, that's but, the but, trail, is. but that's the trailblazer part for sure. <clears throat> Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, maybe someday, you know, we launch a campaign insists that she be considered but i, I again I, I i've often thought that what what she's accomplished out there in uh, niagara uh deserves recognition i know she's if she's listening she's blushing right now and everything but it's true it's
1: well i don't know true. listen i don't know laurie mm-hmm. as well as you guys do mm-hmm. but i really like Lori. Lori any kind of interaction i have with laurie is always just so kind laurie is very kind and funny mm-hmm. laurie's oh, com- yeah. laurie's kind and funny
2: She's a wacky morning show person
1: (laughs) Yeah, but um, not in that kind of cheesy way No, no, not at all But back to what you (laughs) said about it It shouldn't, like this whole idea of women in broadcasting And and back to May, and again, also very well deserved You know, worked at the uh, CFNY, live in Toronto Mm -hmm. Middays, did uh, Chum FM I mean, you know, for a while there She was filling in for Marilyn on the Rogerick and Marilyn morning show I mean, that's how good May is But when I was starting out, I don't know about you. This is what I wanted to get to. So my first radio job was 1977. There wasn't one woman on the air in my first four years of radio, including Vancouver, where I worked at two radio stations, Mm -hmm. except for one woman who did weekend swing news. Every other voice, not even... Well, I, I can't, okay, I, I can't remember if there was a traffic reporter. She was probably a woman. But until I got the morning show in Vancouver, my fourth year in radio, was the first time I had a woman work with me. But mm-hmm. man, it was so weirdly, think about that, 1977, what about you? Are we talking morning show? No, any, women on, any woman on the air,
2: again, it's different for you because you were in a big city, you know, but and remember, I worked for David Marston, and he was so progressive. And but you weren't edge, working you know? for
1: him in '77, were you?
2: Well, '78. So, like, yeah, I started in '78. You know, and Liz Janik was there. So and, there was, but, yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, and I'm even probably forgetting the women that worked in that radio station, like you know, had shifts on the radio, station. like actual on-air shifts. Well, I'm going to yeah. tell you, he
1: was progressive because most of the rest of the country
2: wasn't doing that, no, and that was they only were. forty years ago. But see, that wouldn't matter to Marsden, right? Of course not, and 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 it shouldn't to it. But but I understand. You know, it's the listen. Wasn't there a thing in radio back in the seventies too? You never played two female artists back to back, even.
1: That's right.
2: Wasn't that a thing?
1: Yep. There was also a thing. You weren't supposed to, not only not not only two female artists back to back, but not two Canadian artists back to back.
2: Yeah. So, you know, it was a different mindset back then, but. When I think of the women, like right out of the gate that we're at CFNY and and doing shifts and feature shows and stuff like that. So the landscape was a little bit different there. Uh, but, you know, last week I, I, you know, I'm driving out to Kitchener and Delise doesn't have Sirius XM. And really, that's all I listen to, to be honest, if I'm listening to ri- live radio. But Dahl doesn't have that. And we're in her car and I'm listening to Boom and May's on there. And it's like just jumps out of the radio that brightness that warmth that fun that she brings to a show it's unbelievable i listened uh until um we built this city on rock and roll by starship came on and i can't take that i know you can't you know that song oh my that was a song like some that actually made it
1: it was a huge song to.
2: Oh, my God. What a horrible song that is. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? But anyway. Uh, <laughs> why? I had to dive for the button. Delise says, what are you doing? I said, I can't handle that song. We'll return to the May Pod Show after this song. Well, that's the thing about that mm.
1: style of radio, though. She's so good at it. Mm-hmm. And she's so very, I mean, I, I think w- talent wasted, if I may say that, you know, like I'd like to hear more May, less the city was built by the rock people. But that's not the format. So within the confines of that format, she's amazing at it. And I was thinking about because I had just left there shortly before you and I started this. I was working with May at Boom. I was doing mornings there. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, early on, within the first few months of us starting in 2011, I'd only been gone six months from the radio station. For some reason, I think you and I were being interviewed on News Talk 1010, and then we wandered down the hall, and we have a picture somewhere of you and I and May together for the first time, probably the three of us in a room for the first time in many years, and just, she's always so good to us and always so sweet and welcoming, and,
2: and what a richly deserved award. You know, I actually did a morning show with May Potts. It was brief. You know, while you had gone to the mix. Yeah, I know. Uh Scott Turner, May Potts, and me uh did the morning show at CFNY for oh I can't even remember how long, but uh Which is which was a good experiment with May, if I want to use the word experiment, because she has all the she has all the ingredients to be a morning show person again talking more and less music and she just brings so much you know and she's so good at lifestyle not not, not even lifestyle just talking about life things oh yeah so natural and neat and good perspective and well yeah. listen
1: uh, we want to i'm i'll, I'll get uh, maybe i'll get mike to take this off and send it to me the, uh, the a, 2023 Rosalie Award winner she'll get her she actually accepted during Canadian Music Week
2: would we be allowed to crash that or they don't allow men into that I, I don't know it's a luncheon or
1: something Howard I think uh, she she'll here's some other people that have won it though some friends of ours Julie Adam mm-hmm. has won uh, Aaron Davis of course Marilyn Dennis Denise Donelan. And uh, we will now contact the people and say, hey, wait, what about Lori Love? What about... And, by the way, another mm. one that I would nominate, and you would agree, Sandy P. Oh, my God. Sandra Plagakis, another trailblazer. Mm. Again, this will sound ridiculous because Sandra Plagakis uh, has been you know, anchoring or co-anchoring a morning show longer than most... You know, people have been in the business And it's weirdly oh. I mean, it's so weird to say that now Because well, women, you know, are basically the, They're the hosts of, of, of all kinds of things But when Sandra started, they weren't When May started, they
2: weren't No You talk about the full spectrum uh, That's Sandra Pakakis Oh, yeah Funny, serious, great delivery Beautiful voice all those things
1: and beautiful spirit. Ed, ed, Can ed, I say edgy. beautiful spirit? Edgy. All oh, right. Edgy. Yeah.
2: All those things. Yeah.
1: I know you're not on the social media, but Sandra's one of the people that I sort of interact with somewhat regularly. I'll comment on her silly posts from time to time. Cause she just makes me laugh. She brings joy. Sandra may and Lori love are joy bringers. That's what they do. This is why we're not nominated for anything. By the
2: way, Maybe we should get May to come on and talk about this recognition. Uh, this uh,
1: Now, she would be shy. She would be like, oh, guys. Well, she's been on the show before. No, though. I know. But if she wouldn't. Uh, yeah, let's ask her. Here's what mm-hmm. we can do here. Well, if she's on. What time does she start? Here's what she, might, she might do. Did, she could do it. We, maybe. She could do it. Maybe we do this. Fucking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll send this immature part to her and say, <laughs> Because, like, Thursdays now that we're not doing our emails, uh, you know, I sort of snuck a special guest in there. Maybe May pops in for a little, how you doing, boys, uh, this Thursday. Mm-hmm. Let's, we'll keep, can you do that? You're the program director. Can you just send her a note?
2: Sure. Or the producer can. May, yeah. Well, so what are you saying? You want her when? Well, maybe as just a
1: little five-minute pop in on Thursday's show. We got nobody.
2: On Thursday show,
1: right? Okay, thir- yes. yes,
2: I will. Okay, okay. I will. Uh huh. As long as she doesn't play uh, "I Built This City" or "We Built This City,"
1: no, she will.
2: Fuck! I know. I hate that. Song. Honestly, you gotta. You I hate gotta it. Ag- agree with me. I what do a agree with you. long this is? Oh my god! It's putrid. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Somebody thought this was a good idea.
1: It was. A, it, it was a huge hit, man.
3: Mm. We built this city on rock and roll, roll.
2: What does that
1: even mean? Well, because the city was built by guys that enjoyed rock what and roll city? The city! <laughs> hey, you know what we did? We built this podcast on the support of kind people like
2: this Tim Niblett, uh, the retirement Sherpa. Tim, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim will be by tomorrow. Uh, He'll enlighten us. You know, more information on what it takes, what you have to do, what you have to think about, uh, the moves you have to make to make sure that you're going to have a comfortable retirement. Something we all have to think about. And sometimes, you know, it's tough to get your head around it. A lot of people, it actually freaks them out. Well, with the guidance of someone like Tim Niblett, he explains it in that calm, wonderful manner of his. He's helped so many humble and fred listeners. He can help you. If you have a portfolio already and you, you don't think it's performing well, he'll have a second look. He will. No strings attached. No uh, obligations. Tim will give you the straight goods because that's what Tim Niblett is all about. Yes, the retirement Sherpa. RetirementSherpa.ca. Do uh,
1: Alright, well just forgive me for a second here Because I've got uh, i got the wrong I have the wrong Thing up now Let me see That's okay, I can come back Oh, here we go Boron One is now the new name of AaronVentures.com Maybe get your Sherpa, if not the Sherpa To tell you about this emerging international Junior mining an exploration company. they're engaged in the acquisition, exploration and development of resource properties Aaron ventures strategies to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. I've been telling you about this this uh, company is trying to get boron out of the ground and uh, not an inter- not a not a bad you know investment if you're looking to you know round out your portfolio have a look at boron 1. And find out more at com. You know, we often talk about music, comedy, personal taste, food. You know, why do you and I enjoy some ethnic foods and curries? And other people would be like, no, I can't stand it. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing while I was playing that song. That is a that is somebody's favorite song. And when they hear it, they -hmm. get excited. And then there's guys like me. You know, I can listen to endless repetitions of Steely Dan and people just roll their eyes and think I'm some old, you know, fucking dinosaur. I don't care. I just like it.
2: I know it's interesting, too, with Neil Young as popular and as much as people love him and there's a huge passion for him. There is a divider line where people hear that voice and go, what, what is that all about? Mm-hmm. And what can you say? Um, it's again, we always use that word subjective. It's whatever you know floats your boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I, and I
1: knew even as we were talking about it. I knew that my buddy and a lot of guys listening who are Bruins fans would have taken umbrage. Is that the word? Would have taken exception mm-hmm. with your characterization of the comparative, the comparison between Boston's right. season uh, on their way to a, a six. What is? What are they? What are they going to win? Sixty-three games.
2: Uh yeah, maybe more. I guess maybe they more. still have another they still have another game remaining, I believe. Uh yes. So Slavery, my buddy, who's a huge Bruins fan.
1: I mean, I was a Bruins fan as a kid, but yes. he's like he's current, man. He said, yeah, just he said uh, first off, the Bruins aren't the ones pushing the narrative about breaking the records. That is the media. And second, he says, and this is what I thought was interesting. He says, uh, you, you, just like in other sports, you can't compare records over different generations. What Boston has done this year compared to what Montreal did in the 70s is arguably a greater feat given the parity in the league now. And then he goes on to talk about uh, the way the Canadians set up their team. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out to you because... And give us some context. Uh, the, well, it, he, who, me? Yeah, well, I was going to say, give us some context. The Habs won, uh, what was it, 70 games or something? Or no, 60. 60. So,
2: so they're giving the Bruins credit for 63 victories. There's a new stat in the NHL that's called ROW, R-O-W, okay? That's regulation and overtime wins. Okay. ROW is important. It's a, it's a tiebreaker in the standings. Which means if you win a game in a shootout, it doesn't go towards your row. Regulation, overtime wins. All right. Regulation, overtime wins. The Bruins have 59 victories. But that's also overtime. And it, it, I understand what your buddy is saying, but again, numbers don't lie. If Don't look at me and tell me the Bruins, you know, yeah, they've won 63 games, but they had the benefit of the game ends in a tie and then pursuing an a, a victory based on the new rules montreal's feat was to me a lot more impressive
1: but what about what he says about comparing you know different eras different teams parody? i mean here's the thing i would say in defense of the bruins is that there's there there only you can only in sports, you can only do what's happening in your era. So Totally agree. Yeah, so it, it, the Bruins are accomplishing this. Now, may, maybe the, the debate, and a lot of guys online, I saw Hebster had some things to say about this, and a lot of guys are having this conversation, which is why I thought we should, but you can only compare what's going on with the Bruins in
2: 2023. Yeah. No, I, I accept that, so this is a new era record. right. This is post-overtime record. I'm good with that. And I understand your
1: point, too, Mm -hmm. because they didn't have this rule. Yeah.
2: Like, in uh, whatever year it was, the the Habs lost only eight games. I forget. It was some year in the 70s. And I don't know how many ties they had. But, um, you know, I can look that up. But anyway, anybody can look it up. There was a year the Habs only lost eight games. And... uh, and again, I don't know how many ties were involved there, but any of the that was such a powerhouse firewagon and hockey that any games that they played that year that ended in a tie, they probably would have won in these in overtime,
1: yeah, certainly by the time they got to the shootout the the kind of guys that were playing on that team,
2: so then how many victories could that be? I know, you can play this game all day long and again, but I think this one deserves a qualifier because it's it's hard and fast numbers and, and I agree
1: now, I picked out another. Record that I saw today. Just kind of scrolling through the show before, uh, scrolling through those shows. Dead. Um Ferguson Jenkins, great baseball pitcher. Yes. So, in in the last nineteen seasons, Fergie Jenkins tweeted mm. there have been only two hundred and sixty four complete games in the game of baseball. Right. And, and I know what you are going to say, but let me finish. Mm-hmm. It. And Fergie tweets in nineteen seasons. Ferguson Jenkins completed 267 baseball games, mm-hmm. but the the it's 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 not a it's not a, um, a fair comparison because pitchers don't for the most part, they don't they're not the, the game is structured differently. Now, guys Absolutely. aren't going
2: nine innings. No, and there's guys that could and aren't allowed to It's right. a whole different
1: and lots of games are they're, they're winning by a lot. They're pulled in the seventh or eighth inning.
2: To, to, to um, conserve, preserve, yeah, conserve yeah. their arms. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. But I, I thought, considering
1: yeah. what we're talking about, there's a perfect mm-hmm. example of the game has changed, and mm-hmm. you can't really, as impressive as 267 complete games are, it just goes to show you the nature of the game has changed so much because the entire league, there's only been 264 in the last 20-odd 20, uh, 20 years.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, yeah. Great example.
1: You know, different areas
2: and different attitudes and no i get it uh, you know i
1: could go into uh, a long uh drawn out you know golf thing but i don't want to get moon boone angry because he doesn't like any golf talk on the show
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh any uh, he said the bruins weren't pushing it i, I don't know i just read us a, a lot of stuff over the last day or so about those 63 victories and again i'm going to be honest i don't i don't like the bruins i of course I'm tired of the, i'm tired of the bruins beating the Leafs so often and of all the teams that rose up and had this remarkable season this year why did it have to be them they were supposed to have an off year this year the team's getting old and they they their coach left they got a new
1: yeah, coach. He was, well, he was fired. He was yeah. fired. A couple of Lavery was telling me that, you know, bringing me up today on Bruins news. But uh, some of the players just got tired of this guy.
2: Yeah. But I, honestly, I could see the Bruins being toppled in the playoffs.
1: Well, that's another thing that Steve said, and I agree with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when a team has a, a, a mm-hmm. record like they do. That the expectations are, well, if you don't win the Stanley Cup, you know, you've, you've had this great season. It can only go downhill from here. Hey, let's switch gears now. It's time. Hey, why is there two Ralph Ben-Murgy's? I don't know. Okay, we're going to need you to get rid of the... Hang on, let me see if I can get rid of it. Because we're getting this weird feedback. Hang on, Ralph, let me do it.
4: Uh,
1: yeah. Remove. No, it's okay. I I think I've got it. Okay. Talk for a second. Okay, so now. We can't hear him. Yeah, because the other one was where he was getting his audio from. Just unmute. Uh, This has never happened before. No. Ralph, can you hear us? Yeah, we can't, we can't hear, hear you. Them. You're going to have to yeah, come back in again. Just go and come back in on this one, on this particular account. Because he was coming in on two. There he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway.
2: In fact, I will say this. I don't, and again, this is early. I wouldn't be at all surprised if the Leafs are knocked out of the playoffs by Tampa. I just have this feeling that... Our big guys just don't seem to show up when the money is on the line. Hopefully, they've evolved to the point where they can overcome that. If they do, if they can get over that hurdle, I think they'll they'll give Boston a good tussle. Because Bruins have a little trouble with speed, I've noticed. And again, sounds ridiculous after this uh, record-breaking and record-setting year that they've had. But and how twisted is that well i, I don't, don't think you know I, I don't think you're going to get a lot of pushback from uh
1: my boy lavery because he he was we had talked to him quite a bit yesterday and he's a bit nervous uh again they don't even know boston isn't uh, it's not there they haven't figured out who they're going to play yet but no. but should they get through their first round they would meet the Leafs, and that would be yes. an interesting matchup and
2: uh yeah, if Boston wins and Leafs win, they meet in the second round. If Florida, if Florida plays the Bruins, look out! That's going to be a series. It it all depends. The only thing uh, left to be de- uh, determined is like the Islanders and uh, Florida. Who's going to finish? Um, and as the first um, wildcard seed and the second one, I think Islanders have an outside shot, but I think that's a long shot. But,
1: you know, getting back to the idea of comparing different eras in different sports and I'll leave golf alone for a second. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just that stat about the way pitching has changed in baseball and it's going to change even further now. Like I'm really looking forward This is my very I know it's going to sound lame But I don't care It's my very first time Ever going to a season opener In Major League Baseball I'm really excited Yes You know it's kind of a cool thing I I was talking about this With our friend Bill In San Miguel And he's gone to like 20 of them And Ronnie, his wife Used to work for the Jays. She's gone to a bunch of them And I'm like you know it's my first time. It's kind of a neat thing to do to be there on opening day. There's so many changes to the uh, apparently there's a lot of stadium changes. Our boy uh, Rudra is taking me and he's telling me all mm-hmm. these things that are, you know, all these different um, to make the, the, the game uh, funner to watch. Yes, that's right. I said funner. But I'm really looking forward to the fact that they've, they've shaved 30 minutes off the average mm-hmm.
2: time of a baseball game. Right. You know, I was saying that to my sweet DeLise the other day on April 7th. I was standing in the kitchen and I said, you know, it's funny. Your memory starts to go as you get older. And often it's more short term than long term. I remember vividly April 7th, 1977. I can almost remember every moment of that day, getting up in the morning in Scarborough, sitting in the kitchen with my brother, waiting for a couple of his friends to come going down to exhibition stadium mm-hmm. seeing the first ever ever blue jay game in the snow i was there and then uh you know and they won the game and everybody's euphoric i mean this goofy little expansion teams wins their first game in the snow in toronto and i i just remember that day so vividly and then being a sportscaster i i had to go to 20 some odd home openers it was a big it was a big day back in the, for the you know they traditionally they used to be day games too, right, what the home Only openers in, yeah it's it, just in recent history that they started playing home openers at night, obviously for television uh reasons, but it was like you could play jays could virtually have no day games during the week and then but the home opener was a day game if it was during the week, which it often was. Um, I asked you before we started today, because the
1: temperatures were, if you're listening to us outside of uh, Ontario, it's it's ridiculous. I don't know what today is going to be, but like the next three or four days, you know, like, what is today's high? Because I can't get uh, the forecast. 21, 21 today. Yeah, yeah, 21 today, 27 tomorrow, 27 Thursday, 25 Friday. And I asked if... Uh, you know, partly because I would like to. I love. I, last time I was there with Rudra, the, the roof was open, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, if it's going to be twenty-one or twenty-two degrees, will they will they open the roof? And you say no.
2: No, I think yeah, they have a, a date that they don't even consider it. Could be wrong. Maybe with the renovations and this new attitude, maybe of trying to turn the Sky Dome uh, from a stadium to a ballpark, maybe it'll change. I don't know. But I told you yesterday, too, uh, Johnny Slapshot, who loves all sports, they've signed him up for baseball, so now he's totally into baseball mode. I stood out in front of the house last night. I must have thrown him three to 400 grounders and put- throw it up in the air. And anyway, but rude receipts where you're going tonight mm-hmm. are, what, 12 rows up yeah, from behind home plate? They're the best seats I've ever sat in at a baseball game. Well, they're remarkable. I mean, it's a really great perspective on the game. Well, I've secured, well, I bought a few pairs this year of those. And um, on April 30th, I'm. it's me and Johnny Slapshot, Seattle Mariners, right behind home plate.
1: He's going to lose his mind.
2: Oh, he is. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm really looking forward for him to see the game from that perspective, just see how fast it is. And Well, I,
1: I, I was lucky enough to sit in them once last year, and I'd never sat in that area before. What's so great about that perspective, and, and I said this to, I was talking to Lavery, my buddy, I said, you know, when, you get to, when, you, when I go to live sports, what I love is being able to pick out what I want to see. And mm. and focusing on just right. different aspects. Obviously, you know there's the play of the game, but I like watching guys getting ready and seeing guys watch pitches before they right before they're batting. They're just sort of catching the rhythm of the pitcher and just little things like mm. that. And it's so you're so close. You know the speed of which again, it sounds stupid, but I find the fact that those guys can throw mid nineties without any effort. Gusting sometimes to 100 miles an hour. And when you're that close, you can you can feel it. The the slap of the ball in that glove is really visceral. And I, you know, and, and the, you know, it's also that being, you know, being in the dome when it's 50,000 strong is also a great experience.
2: Oh, yeah. Fantastic. But again, you know, golf is probably the hardest game to play. Hitting a baseball is probably the hardest part of a pro sports game. You know what I'm saying? Like, hitting a baseball at 100 miles an hour is probably the single most difficult thing to do in sport. I would agree. You know what I mean? Golf as the the whole game, everything that encompasses the game makes it the hardest. Yeah, super hard. But that aspect, and the reason I say that is because, you know... There, are, you know, pitchers don't bat, and there's other um, infielders that are great players but don't hit very well. Mm-hmm. But that one single act of trying to hit a baseball coming over the plate at, hey, from 60 feet, six inches, 100 miles an hour, think about that. I know it's ridiculous. And they forget making contact. They actually hit the ball and sometimes out of the ballpark. Like, how, like, how, what's that all about?
1: I was having this discussion with somebody uh, recently. I said, Mm -hmm. being, and I didn't think about how tough it is to hit a baseball, Mm -hmm. but I was thinking there are, you know, there's two things in other sports. By the way, here's what's happened. We're going to get Ralph on, but we have to get him on the phone now because. It's a long story, but two of his accounts were on at the same time, and I removed one of them, and now he can't get back in. But let me just oh, okay. finish this briefly and say there are mm-hmm. two things in other sports that are the most like golf. One is field goal kicker in terms of the pressure, and the other one is pitcher, because in both of those positions, you initiate the activity. Even, mm-hmm. even being a batter, which is, I agree, it's hard, it, it, that, that and returning a, Uh, A pit, uh, returning a a serve in tennis. But I think hitting a baseball is harder. But those activities of being the pitcher and being the field goal kicker have all the pressure on you. You're the the one initiating the activity in that sport. And I think those are like the pressure situations. You know, you're a pitcher. You know, everything is on you and everyone is watching every move you make.
2: Yeah, but if you play the percentages... The pitcher has a way bigger advantage than the batter because a good hitter only hits 250.
1: No, absolutely. I'm, just talking, so, about, I'm just talking mm. about in-pressure situations. Yes. In sports, there's a lot of no, pressure. That, yeah. you know, when you're the guy trying to kick that field goal, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I get it. I see what you're saying. That, yes. that situation. Well, let's, let's get Ralph on for the few minutes we can. Ralph, can you hear us? Yes. I Hi, can. buddy. Hi, buddy. Sorry about that. I mean, I, what happened was I was trying to help you out there because you had two accounts on at the same time.
4: I know. I don't. I don't understand what happened, but we're here now.
1: Yes, and then you know what? We will make a mitzvah of it. Beautiful. Listen, happy Passover, and uh, all the best to you and your family. Where do we start, Ralph? Oh, Ralph, the, the rise uh, of Christian fascism. Let's go.
4: <laughs> 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 well, yeah, that's a good one. That's chock full of laughs.
1: <laughs> that's right. You,
4: you, know, you know what? I watched yesterday on, on, on uh, my feed. I saw the Madison Square Garden's uh, rally, Nazi rally, in the uh late 1930s i believe it was uh it was a Nuremberg rally kind of set up with men marching with flags and you know hitler youth walking and the nazi salute and uh, the main speaker was talking about the jewish media conspiracy and uh a christian country and i realized you know how scary it was to watch that, but also how scary it is to see the rise of fundamentalism over the last 20 or 30 years all around the world. I mean, in Israel right now, they're fighting uh, to stop, basically, uh, uh, a Jewish theocracy from from being formed. Uh, you know, Iran was taken over in 1979. Since Then we've had all kinds of movements, uh, you know people can say whatever they want about the Ukraine situation, but they're there, Poland, Russia, there are neo-Nazi movements in all of those countries right now. Uh, and it's one of these, uh, look for a really simple answer that rallies people around anger mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and uh, offer it to people uh, right now. I say that Pierre Polyadver is, is Definitely trying to stoke that kind of, you know, uh, divisiveness in Canada, uh, you know, just talking about Justin Trudeau like he's the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could not like Justin Trudeau. It's okay. But to, to portray him the way Paulie Ever does this, and then to pretend you're one of the a man of the people when you, you had nothing but privilege your entire life, it's really interesting to see. You know, and, and, and now you've got different factions fighting each other for more fundamentalist things, you know. And it, it, it's crazy because the, the rest of us exist in this grind economy where you just, you know, you're basically a surf trying <laughs> to get through life. Uh, and none of the real problems are being answered by any of this stuff. So well. well- to me
2: that i that's a, a dilemma for a lot of canadians i know it is for me don't like justin trudeau don't want to see him reelected but i couldn't vote for pierre Poliev right now so what do i do the ndp is not an option it it really is a weird times we live in because maybe traditionally i would have voted conservative but uh i get the creeps from that uh from that guy and what he's all about and I, and again it's like the United States now, so often that whole right-wing thing is Christianity comes, comes up. This is a Christian country. You know, it's about being good Christians. And it's like, well, it's 2023, man. It's like the world's changing. We've got to learn to live together. Yet these people are pushing something that's a pipe dream and only leads to hatred.
4: Yeah, but the thing that really upsets pe- those people is that the world is changing. Yes, that's and they it. That's don't it. Want it to be, you know, I mean, you also, we're living in somebody uh, uh, in the state uh, that, you know, humanity is running away from home right now. Uh, we, we refuse to accept climate change because we don't know what to do about it. We're addicted to what it is that's killing us, which is oil. Like, you know, if we could drink it, we would, Uh, uh, (laughs) but you don't get between an addict and their bottle, you know, and we say we want things to be different, but we really don't because people can't even stand mild change in their personal life, let alone tectonic change in economies. You know, we we live in a, uh, there's a wonderful book by George Monbiot, who writes for The Guardian called Out of the Wreckage. And he, he's really talking about, you know, this is not working. Neoliberalism isn't working. The rich getting richer isn't helping, you know. West, Galen Weston getting rich isn't going to make his people who work for him any better off. He makes 417 times what they make. And we reward that. We adore that. They voted for a president because he had supposedly a lot of money. Uh, so neoliberalism started with Thatcher and Reagan and, you know, Thatcher. 40, 50 years ago said, there is no such thing as society. So the individual, the private good, the me or you, you're not trying hard enough. That's why you're poor. All that stuff, you know, that's seeps, has seeped into every political party. Everybody's trying to tweak that broken system. And we're not getting anywhere with that. You know, in Finland, in, in Finland, they have homeless. Their homelessness is almost down to Zero. Because they simply said, housing first. Put people in a house. Don't care if they're addicts. Don't care if they're not, you know, uh, dressed properly. Just put them in a house, a little place that they can start with and let them become stable people and they'll be off the street. But- here... It's a moral issue if you're homeless, but you just didn't try hard. enough.
1: Exactly. Ralph, let me yeah. just jump in. There's a couple things just quickly, Fred. I, uh, because of Ralph being on the phone, I have to push his volume up so much so that I just be careful when you pop in because I have to pull it down because you're on the same Oh, one. okay. Oh, okay. Um, that's fine. So Ralph, uh, it's interesting. You, you just mm-hmm. said something a couple sentences ago that I wanted to, I, I was actually, uh, put this aside for you in particular. There's this, um, question we often wonder how can these people be this way and as you said uh the mag people the addiction to oil the way society is set up this neoliberalism what it speaks to is something social scientists talk about which is an addiction to the familiar if you will it's the 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 examples they use and you can comment on any and, and all of these but the first thing they say is a battered woman will stay in a a toxic relationship because it's familiar. The, there are people that have never, you know, people we all know that have never traveled very much because it's not that they don't have the means. It's that they are, they, they it's what's familiar is important to them, which brings to the point of MAGA, the people who are in that, you know, cult of Christianity, some of them, and Fred and I've had this discussion, Ralph, probably with you. You, you got to think some of those people know better, but rather than change, they, they stay with what's familiar. So what do you say about that?
4: Well, I, I think it is human nature to want to know what's next. You know, uh, one of the reasons we w- listen to newscasts where they say a bus went off the side of a road in Pakistan. And, and you're thinking to yourself on one side of your head, you're going, but I live here. Why, why is this on the news? You know, God love the people uh, who were hurt or or killed in this, but I'm not there. Why are they telling me this? They're telling me this for the same reason that you'll slow down to look at a car on the side of the road, not on a highway, because you want to see, is this going to happen to me? It's a survival mechanism. We are, we have a reptilian brain and we want the safety of the cave we already inhabit as Mm -hmm. opposed to the one we need to move to next. And getting from our cave to the next cave can be too hard for most people. I mean, one of the reasons MAGA works for people, and let's remember they're not gaining steam right now in America, they're losing steam. But one of the things that really appeals to these people is based on the fact that in 2008, neoliberalist economies had a heart attack and you know, Lehman Brothers did a face plant on Wall Street and everybody just said, nothing to see here, move on. We went right back to the same system that isn't working for people. You know, it, it doesn't make sense that we live with such poverty when we have such massive resources to draw on. But because we have created this society, the people in MAGA are like, wait a minute, I got screwed. You told me if I just behaved myself and shut up and showed up and performed, I would have a decent life. And now I've lost my job. I'm 54 years old. I'm a white guy. What the hell happened here? So they were looking for that simple answer. That's what fascism does for people. It gives you a really strong, simple answer. Mm-hmm. And from, and, and you know, and a, a strong, leader, strong simple, like a familiar,
2: a strong, simple and familiar answer, Freddie. So, so w- w- they would just blame that on Joe Biden now.
4: <laughs> well, you always blame somebody. There's no doubt you can. That's the whole point of it. Instead mm-hmm. of taking the personal responsibility, you look for a scapegoat. I mean, as a Jew, uh, you always know that at a certain point, they are going to go, wait a minute, what about Himmelfarb? You, over here. Unless you're a doctor, then they really want you to do Right? Uh, there, there, there's the problem, right? So you're a brown-skinned person. Maybe you're the problem. If you think we have a problem right now with refugees and with immigration, with climate change, you are going to see massive amounts of people from the Southern Hemisphere just uh, displaced and moved. And mm-hmm. we're not connecting any of these dots. We're just, because this system is set up to extract the most from each and every one of us, we have no mental space or, or intellectual space to be able to say, wait, this system doesn't work. We need a new system. I mean, they just had a, a, an election in PEI, where uh, the Green Party got 27% of the vote and two seats. And the Conservatives got, like, 46% of the vote and almost every, 85, almost every other seat. We have political systems that don't work. We have economic systems that aren't benefiting. Like, no matter what you make, it's never enough. So what happens is people get desperate to find somebody to blame. And if it's Christian fascism or economic fascism or, you know... Uh, What's going on in in, in Russia and the Ukraine right now, you know, people are like demonizing Russia. You know how many of those kids who are getting killed, Russian soldiers who are getting killed, some of them were convicts who were Mm -hmm. let out of jail. The only way you're going to get out of jail. Others of them are conscripted against their will. I mean, this is just throwing cannon fodder in front of each other until it's over. And yet, we're sitting here picking sides and cheering for one team. It, It doesn't make sense sometimes.
2: Yeah, I know. We're we're painting a lovely picture of the world. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: what I was thinking. This is this is a grim. This is speaking of. I was listening and watching Mark Marin from Bleak to Dark. This is what this segment is.
2: And again, I don't want to throw oh. a, I, I don't want to throw a blanket over Christianity or however you want to say it. I do, it, but no. Why is it too that the most evil people, like in the United States, I mean that whole MAGA movement and those that support him, there are people that. Are just full of hate, and you see it. You see it with the Poliev thing up here in Canada. People that are so full of hate stand behind religion and, and Christianity almost to justify their position. Like,
4: well, anger, anger is a secondary emotion. The real emotion underneath almost all anger for a lot of people is fear. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm afraid I will now lash out. Uh, I'm feeling cornered like any animal I will either lash out or die. Yeah. So uh that's what we do, right? We just lunge forward to say, I, "I go away, stop it." You know, whatever you have to say. Uh but because of the fact that the systems around us, we're not look we don't zoom out. We zoom in to like who can I find to blame here? And Christianity is not the issue. It's the weaponization of Christianity, yes. the weaponization of religion, the weaponization of all kinds of things. So if, if you're a thoughtful person um, and you, you know, Michael Korn, he used to be very right wing. And now he just he had a, a aha moment. Of, what am I doing here? You know, looking for someone to blame and became an Anglican minister. Michael goes to bedsides of people who are dying and sits with them. You know, and what did he get on social media? You're a pedophile. That's I right. He gets, Marching he gets, I, want, I follow
1: media. him. He gets eviscerated for the kindest, act it's so bizarre. <laughs> he, he gets eviscerated. <laughs> For being kind, Freddie, if you just back off when you just pop in there because it's just so. OK, okay listen, Ralph, I, I apologize for whatever happened with our Zoom. This is the first time it's ever gone like this with you and I. But this uh, being on the phone is a bit awkward. I just want to finish off by saying Ralph, uh, one of our favorite friends of the show, uh, not that kind of rabbi. Uh, what? Where else? What else are you up to these days, sir?
4: I'm writing a a book, a biography of a guy who is the most uh, recorded drummer in history. Uh, He's been on just about every sixth song you'll hear from the 80s, 90s, and onward to the 2000s. Uh, Nobody knows who he is, but he's recorded 6,500 different uh, songs. Come on, what's his name? John Robinson. He's in L.A., and he's... J.R., Quincy Jones uses him, David Foster uses them. Um, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, Higher Love. I, I could name uh, 75 songs and you'd go, oh, what's wow. on that? And Very so cool. I'm writing a biography of him. I'm doing uh, my own book on uh, the climate crisis as a spiritual crisis, and uh, other than that, I'm just trying to keep everybody happy and sane and doing my Spiritual counseling and all that. Anybody wants to know anything, it's uh, RalphBemergy.ca, and you can find me there and say hi.
3: Well,
1: listen, man, we appreciate you uh, popping back in on the phone, and uh, we're just going to have to cut it off. Hey, man, no worries. Go,
4: Jay. Go, Jay.
1: Yes, I was just—we were talking about. I'm going to my very first. uh, I've lived here 33 years. I'm going to my first home opener tonight, so I'm very excited.
4: Oh, fantastic! Alex Manoa is not going to pitch that well because I've noticed in the highest. Rest games, he overshoots the runway. Right. That's what I've
1: known. Listen, man, um, uh, we'll get you back soon, and uh, always a pleasure having you on our program, Ralph Ben Murgey. All things Ralph Ben Murgey at com. Thanks, Park. Bye. Take care, pal. See ya Ralph. Yeah, what was happening there is mm, I just had the pot so high that even, even when you would go, uh huh. Um, Let me read you this last quote, because I uh, had forgotten to. It says, uh, this is from a social scientist. He says, as we think about MAGA and wonder when their lunacy will end, just consider that as long as it feels familiar and safe, it won't. It's going to be around for a good
2: long while. And on that point, we, we were talking about this before the show. April 25th is the first day of the Donald Trump rape trial. Now, this isn't... You know, Georgia, this is not the documents, this is not January 6th, this mm. is Donald's rape trial, where uh, he's been accused of, uh, by that writer, um, E. Jean Carroll, yes. of uh, raping her in a department store. Um, it's a wild story, like, no, no. In, a, in a fitting booth and everything, but... Uh, You know, and they changed the statutes of limitations when it came to this type of crime. And people are saying, well, why now? Because apparently it happened in the 90s. And like many women, she didn't want to say anything about it. But times have changed. The Me Too movement, they changed the law in New York um, City, uh, New York State, where you could retroactively uh, bring these charges. And she did against Donald Trump. So... Once again, Mega, there's your hero. Yeah. And as I said to you before the show, there'll be all these people going, Oh, this is another witch hunt.
1: Mm-hmm. This is all just fake news. And as I say, you <laughs> no, know, no, what, no. like at some point, and, and again, I'll answer my own question, how you can, it's never his fault. It's all these people you know. have conspired against him. And, and you just would think statistically, one of these people would go, well,
2: some of this must've happened. Um are um, neighbor John sent me some. I'll send it to you the other. Uh, he sent it to me the other day. And it was it's this thing where Donald Trump he's somewhere, I think, recently and some kids with Down syndrome came onto to the stage and he was very n- nice with them. And he hugged some of them and, you know, just made a fuss over them. And then all you see now is this whole thread of how what a wonderful man he is. This is Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Why do people just one little incident, one little segment of his life. This is something to grab onto. This is the real Donald Trump. He's a wonderful human being. That, Why are people so unfair to him? Have you, seen, seen, like some of the, else.
1: Have you seen some of the mega art where it's like, you know, first of all, they've got Donald Trump portrayed as a superhero, like in costumes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's quite something. They, they call the, the fetishization or whatever of this right wing movement. But they've got him portrayed as this you know, strong virile man. Mm -hmm. Another one that I saw recently, I was going to point out to you is a a picture of him sitting there, Trump surrounded by sort of, uh, uh, angels or whatever. And then Jesus putting his hand, white Jesus, putting his hand on his shoulder to show that he's the chosen one. Mm -hmm. Um, The rapist. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. rapist. Um, Mm -hmm. by Mm the way, getting back to, uh, I I mentioned quickly, you had told me to go watch Mark Maron's from bleak to dark. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Get off MAGA for a second. It was so good. I watched the whole thing yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, you said, uh, well, just you, you were quite, you thought the way it started was quite good. Mm-hmm. Have a listen. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Thank you for coming. I don't want to be negative, but I don't think anything's ever going to get better ever again. <laughs>
1: What a great opening. I won't love one.
4: anybody out, but I think this is pretty much the way it's going to be for however long it takes us to polish this planet off. I don't
1: think anything's ever going to get better ever again.
4: mean, I have no hope. Um, <laughs> I think if you have hope, what are you, fucking seven? So <laughs> God, I forgot it. It's that. great. Again, I don't want to be negative. But you kind of know it's true, right? In your heart, you know that it's fucking over, right? I know it's hard to handle.
1: It's a great opening, though. What are you, fucking seven? (laughs) If you have hope, uh, you know, it was great. And the whole thing was great. And and it goes. I kept thinking about our conversation yesterday about, well, what I said to you is, you know, you can be in front of an audience, as I have many, many times, and sometimes... Maybe what you're saying doesn't have the structure of, you know, punchline, punchline, whatever setup. But if it's interesting, people will stay with you. And there was so much of what he said yesterday that was at times not super funny, but really interesting. And that whole section about him losing his uh, girlfriend, his partner, like it's pretty raw. And and oh, yeah. I, I know you, I kept thinking about what you said too, that... And I'll go back and listen to the Stern interview where he said he kind of regretted a couple of the jokes, mm-hmm. and I wonder which ones he regretted because there's the the joke that I loved the best that I was. It's so inappropriate, but it was so mm-hmm. well done. Is the one is he's? I'll just. It's terrible, but he's leaving her deathbed, mm-hmm. and as he's walking out the door, he mimes selfie.
3: <laughs> done. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Fuck me, dude. That is such a good joke, man. So good.
2: Yeah, I. uh And and he gets into the anti-Semitism thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Not a lot, but enough. You know, the resurgence, if you want to call it that. Would you even call it a resurgence or just it's always been there? It's it's just more like it's how do you describe that?
1: I don't know if it's a resurgence because it has always been there. But I think people are starting to get their heads around, as I've pointed out to you several times, that the number one group for hatred, you know, many years running, you know, isn't who you think it is. You know, it's Jews. <laughs> He's talking about his parents, too. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. It's uh... If you're not a fan or you haven't heard much of his stand-up, it's I've watched all his specials. Um, well, I want you to do uh, a little business here, and then I'm going to play you uh, a bit of a, because I told you I was going to get you some uh, Louis C.K. as well. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it just goes to show you that there are people out there pushing boundaries, that are still saying provocative things and I've got a bit coming up here that I think you'll really enjoy because it's very very inappropriate
2: well that's Maren touched on that too that whole thing about talking the, about young comics you know yeah. I push back against woke you know i <laughs> that's right and he said no you don't like you know what I mean it's, that whole uh, that whole segment was uh, hilarious as well
1: yeah the he comics. does listen I'm glad you recommended it because it was uh mm-hmm. It was a great watch, and especially if you're a, if you 're a fan of Americans like we are you'll you 'll really enjoy it he 's a super smart guy, but there's some really funny bits in it
2: well that, that, his whole spin, what you just said too, is like no you can you can still say whatever you want say whatever like, you want say whatever you want it 's the reaction to it, but you 're free to say whatever you want still. As you, something to hold on to, as you are right now, my friend. <laughs> hey, yes, uh, you're talking about uh, going to the Jays home opener tonight. The line is out: Jays minus two eighty, favored to beat. Who are they playing, Howard?
1: I, you know what, I don't know.
2: The Detroit Tigers. Nice.
1: Isn't that funny? I, I, I didn't. I didn't know until this very moment. I was just too excited to go.
2: Uh, the over-under is nine on that game. Whether you're a sports better a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994.
1: Uh, by the way, I was wrong yesterday about uh, something, and I said this kid who played in... You know, the Masters was an amateur athlete who got into the, you know, one of the biggest tournaments in the world. Apparently that's happened before that in in the NBA in particular, that guys had finished playing in college and then were called up to their pro team and actually played. I think Magic Johnson, somebody pointed out, had had that experience years ago. I cannot speak to that heart. All right. So the Tigers, you say. Uh, This program brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over a quarter century and serving over 20 million customers. How do they do it? I'll tell you how. Because you can find your domain, create your website, and bring it to life with GoDaddy's free, that's right, and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're here to help you every step of the way. Maybe it's that online store you've been thinking about, some side hustle. You can start your website for free today. No credit cards required. And you'll get, uh, you know, if you're a little bit nervous, you're going to get somebody on the phone. They're going to help you through the process. All you have to do is start by going to GoDaddy.ca. GoDaddy.ca and learn more. So uh, back to the idea I I said to you that I've been uh, catching up On uh, Louis C.K.'s latest special I'm on his mailing list So I saw that it was released He produces it And he really is one of those guys Forget about the jerking off um, Who has no fear Of subject matter Because He doesn't give a shit, number one And he's so good at this Like, forget the incident for a second This guy was one of the best we, I'll tell you, for me, one of the best I've ever seen. Just at the craft of it and how funny and how smart and how just nuanced he is. So here is a little clip of him talking about abortion.
5: Abortion is a big topic, of course, because Roe v. Wade was overturned. Roe, Roe versus Wade, of course. We all know what this is. This was a court case. Roe was a woman who wanted an abortion, and Wade was the baby, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just assuming I never found out who Wade was. Wade must have been the
1: baby. Anyway, before I go on, first of all, when I saw that bit, like that's what makes stand up so good for me. Is that everyone could have thought of that? Because I bet you if we had a little round table, you and I and Dan, we couldn't have come up with, you know, we would have come up with mm-hmm. yes, it was a, a, a court case about abortion, but I didn't know the details of it. And you can just see how he set that up. He goes, Roe v. Wade, Roe versus Wade. He -hmm. makes that point. And then he says, Wade was the baby? God damn it.
5: But now that we don't have that, every state has to come up with their own law based on how people feel. They have to listen to people and see how they feel. I think most Americans feel, on average, the same thing about abortion. They feel like people should be able to get abortions if they need them. But, uh, you know, just uh, keep it down a little bit. That's all. That's just uh, say, <laughs> uh, go ahead. But, uh, you yeah, come on. Come on. You know, do it, but don't be like, whoo hoo Like, just, you know.
1: Okay, and this next piece is what I love about Louis C.K., because it's like, what? So we need a law that covers that, that keeps it available but
5: limits it. Here's what I think we should do. Let's make this law. You can get an abortion anytime, anywhere, but if you get an abortion, you have to eat it. I think that's fair. Because that'll keep it, that'll make you, hmm. Fuck, I gotta
1: eat it? (laughs) I better do it soon. Now, you see, I think that's brilliant. I I, I mean, a lot of people will find that inappropriate, but it's like music. Some people like the city was built on the fucking rock music. You know?
2: It's, uh, (laughs) I think it's great, too. Like, I mean, that's fantastic. You got to eat it. And that's why, And you know what? Uh, Something like that. Like, you know, twisted people that have a, you know, a darker sense of humor. You think of shit like that all the time. Like, I mean, you don't. I mean, you don't turn it into an act, but you know what I mean? You have dark thoughts all the time. And that's the beauty of the humor of some of these guys. As you say, they just say it. Yeah, and I I can
1: tell you for so many reasons, that is such a great bit. You know, one of the things Mm -hmm. that makes things funny, as you know, uh, because you're great at it, is misdirection. You know, saying something, it's why some people just aren't funny. Uh, because you're funny, because you will say things, and I've you know we've heard it many times, and uh, that are people are not expecting you to say. Uh, that's what makes a joke funny, and that that bit there, that's not what I was expecting. But no. he, but he set Jesus. it up. But the way, and again, I'm being a student of this game. He sets it up so well. Because you're, it's, and it's the thing that we all kind of, and there are people laughing that think they shouldn't be laughing. Mm -hmm, And there are probably mm -hmm. people in that audience that didn't laugh at that because they, you know, it made them uncomfortable. Dan, how did that make you
0: feel? Almost uncomfortable. But you know, I'm, I'm there for it. Yeah. It was uh, it was funny. Yeah, you're
1: somewhere in the middle. Like you enjoy our inappropriate humor. You don't want yeah, I do absolutely. You do. Yeah. I know you do, because I've yeah. made you laugh high as a monkey many, many times. Absolutely. It's when you're not high, you're like, I don't know, should Dan Duran's image be laughing at this, but inside you're laughing. <laughs> Dan Gibber thinks it's funny. So where was that special, Howard? I I don't where was it where is it available or where was it shot? I have no idea.
2: No, no, no. Is that like a Netflix thing or no, something? No, no, no. He see,
1: he see he's been ostracized. Oh, okay. To the point where he just produces these himself. Like I, I've, I've bought one or two of them. He I can ten dollars. He sells them for ten bucks. Oh, okay, okay. He produces them himself. You know, he makes millions of dollars, but he, he just he takes the chances of whatever. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I got noticed because he again, I'm on his list, and I get a little cheeky thing saying my new specials available for ten
2: bucks. So there's nobody standing over him because I'm just thinking Netflix or HBO. At what level do they have something to say? If that was a, a Netflix thing, would they step in and go, oh, maybe that's a bit over the line for our service? Does that stuff happen? Because that's pretty crazy, eating yeah. your own abortion. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> As a solution for abortions.
2: <laughs> like, listen, there's a another- So to have that freedom, he, you know what? He's fiercely independent.
1: He way. is. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, his special is called At the Dolby. I guess that's the theater. Mm-hmm. And and just so you know, I didn't play what I thought was the most inappropriate of his jokes. But if you'd like to, I'll play it for you now.
2: Well, absolutely. You can't
5: not. Okay. Now. But it's tricky. You know, if you're trying to teach your kids right from wrong, you got to choose a side often because not everybody agrees on what's right and wrong. So how do you know? You know, like abortion. Some people think it's murder. Some people don't. I personally, I think people should get abortions like a lot like as many as you can you should try to get a lot of abortions you know why because it creates jobs (laughs) more abortions more jobs for the doctors and the nurses and the dumpster guy everybody gets a job
3: they have to work
5: (laughs) How are they okay. going to feed their kids if you don't kill yours? So that, it's a whole,
1: that line, how are they going to feed their kids if you don't kill yours? Like, I, even the audience, you can hear them. They're uncomfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, again, the misdirection it creates jobs. The doctors, mm-hmm. the nurses, pause, the dumpster guy. Dan, you see.
0: <laughs> I do. It's so far offside.
1: It's so yeah. far offside. You know, but isn't that the best humor? I mean, when Carlin—definitely when Carlin—in the early seventies, and Richard Pryor.
2: It's you know, I was thinking about this. You know, Dave Chappelle, and then listening to the Mark Maron thing, and just even that—the the whole concept of who are these people—just seems sort of flat to me. It's dated you know? now. Well, it's very dated. Yeah. I'm mean, I This guy, like, uh, and take nothing away from Jerry. He's a he's a master, at, but it's just you're right. It's sort of old fashioned now. These guys that get you thinking, and when they're not being funny, they're interesting. All those things. I've never. Have you ever heard Jerry Seinfeld sort of stop down and be interesting?
1: You know, I'll tell you where he's interesting to me is when he's being interviewed on Stern. That's probably yes. the most interesting I find him as a yeah. craft, as, as a master of the craft. He's the best there ever was at that, mm-hmm. you know, picking out the yes. incidentals of our daily life. But it does seem dated to me now. In fact, yeah. Jerry's last special on Netflix, uh, I didn't think it was that good. No, it was Neither very flat. Mm-hmm. now this is the extreme and i agree dan like it's not for everybody and it is inappropriate well but yeah. but it's and, and the, and to, but to us guys like fred and i and people that like this type, i that's what i'm looking for shock me a little bit and and also it's funny here's the thing the bottom line is it's funny it's so inappropriate and there's lots of people i wouldn't share that with but i'd share it with him because i know he i know that there's not a line he's gonna go oh jesus
2: christ Art. come on man You know, because I don't even I don't even know where that comes from. Like, that's inappropriate or you shouldn't have said that. Well, it's a subject matter. People have dark thoughts from time to time. And sometimes it's good to pull that out and and hear it. You know, you talk about Jerry. at sort of being old fashioned or whatever term. You know, he always hung his hat on never not swearing. That's right. Right. And not being tasteless. And uh, un- unfortunately, um, or a- as the craft has evolved, these newer guys, yeah, it makes that look old fashioned. So that's that. That's a good way to to term
0: that. But a lot of comedy has to be taken in perspective of where society is. Absolutely, Absolutely sure. Right. Mm-hmm when Seinfeld was on the go, I mean, it was a different time in the, in the 80s and exactly. we had a different kind of, a, but now with all the stuff that's going on in the world with Trump and, you know, the rise of... of uh, Christian fascism? Uh, of Christian
1: fascism. By the way, I got that from Mark Maron. I'm going to start using it every time I oh talk about God. it. It's a good... Uh, Dan, you're, you're absolutely Christmas. right and very apropos to the conversation that Fred and I were having about sports. It's hard to compare eras and you have to look at comedy like that like you know the 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 sitcom humor of the 80s and 90s is different than the humor that we're experiencing now because it's of a different time and that's a, a really good point
2: point. and you know eating abortions it's not like you, when you hear that it's not you can't just hear oh the guy's talking about eating abortions you've got to appreciate where it comes from the balls to say it the concept around it mm-hmm. it's isn't that what it's all about yeah and i, I listen i now that i've played
1: I've, I've played that clip i've seen a bunch of clips from the special i'm gonna actually go get it because i i sometimes forget because i watch a lot of stand-up but just how fucking good he is at it he's so good at it it's just he's so he might be the best i think he's the, he's a little bit of a combination of Chappelle and carlin and you know and and Seinfeld in a way cuz i mean cuz <clears throat> all that is is observations oh yeah 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 uh, but it to a very edgy and inappropriate but it's observations and and the reason it resonates with us the listener is because it's, it's, it's about this time. He's talking about something that just happened a few months ago in the spring mm-hmm. of last year. They overturned Roe v. Wade. And again, I've listened to it as a comedian. The way he sets it up is so good because he couldn't... Because in, in a hack way, because most people just go Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade. But he says it... Like, I'll say it again. He said Roe versus Wade. So now it's set up as you're getting... Uh, It's a it's a combative because not everyone knows that they do subconsciously, but he makes a point of saying versus because it's Roe versus the baby that makes that point better. It's just perfectly done. And that's why, again, I I respect it so much because he's so good at it. It's ridiculous. It's a bit, uh, you know deflating because here i am making my stupid little inappropriate jokes about sending texts to uh, my neighbor about jerking off as a hobby <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's my oh, that's cool. that's cool. <laughs> that's my edgy yeah. bit <laughs> hey uh dan duran yeah i i know you're here and you're a beautiful man and uh possibly an angel one day an angel um uh, but um we have a, a quick interview and, but we're not going to rush it But we have an interview with our friend Daryl Croft From uh, Electric Vehicle Network And uh, I'm hoping that you will stick around uh, Just chill out while we talk to Daryl Because you know, he's a very important man to this program
0: Alright Well let him talk about batteries and things <laughs> well, the, the, How dare you How dare you diminish what Daryl's doing
3: Let him talk about batteries and things Daryl I, uh, Darryl, I apologize batteries to the world
1: I apologize
3: Perfect perfect segue into what I want to talk about So it's excellent
1: All right. well listen Dan (laughs) Duran's news In a few minutes time But first from evinet.ca Listen this guy Daryl Crofts Knows his stuff He's just uh, He's on top of it He had a vision years ago And uh, it's bringing it to life right now I was in your neighborhood on Friday That's how I found out it was your birthday
3: Thank you. And I was down in Boston, so we're all over the place.
1: Buddy, I was uh, about to walk down the street and hammer on your door and say, Happy birthday, Daryl.
3: <laughs>
1: Look at this well,
3: kid. I'm happily obliged, I tell you that. Oh, he, I know. he would have walked you right
1: down to the bar. <laughs> well, that's what I was I at my buddy, who's, uh, who's a friend of his, uh, Freddie, and he said, Oh, yeah, it's Daryl's birthday today, so let's go. He goes, He can't. He's out in Boston. <laughs> uh, was this a significant birthday of yours?
3: No, no, it was uh, in between birthday. Okay, but it's getting a little older. That's all. Mm. So I, I didn't make much of
2: it. All right. Yeah, isn't it funny? As you get older, you don't want to make as much of it. That's right. And I know what you mean by in yeah. between. You know, because I'm right.
1: I'm in the in between years now. You know, I turned sixty, and I'm a couple years away from sixty-five. But I mean, what, listen. One day you'll be old too, Daryl.
3: It'll happen. I know. It's happening. I'm feeling it a little bit here and there.
1: So you said you wanted to talk about batteries uh, as they relate to the uh, world of uh, evnet.ca and on the electric uh, car world. What did you want to say?
3: Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a conference, an automotive conference, and a specialist that from a a company that collects batteries across North America, they get the e-bike batteries, uh, the car batteries, uh, the laptop batteries, and their data is showing that EV batteries are going to last on average 15 years, which is consistent with what the car manufacturers are saying. So, you know, last time we talked, we said, what are the big myths about EVs? And everyone thinks five years of battery is done. Not at all the case. And even after 15 years, those batteries can be rebuilt again to re- replace in a car, or they can be used as storage for uh, renewable energy or backup. So they're not even going to see these batteries to, to shred them for 30 years. Wow. And when they do, they break them down to their, their basic elements. So there is essentially zero issue with battery life or battery recycling. And that's the number one thing people go to. Oh, what happens when my battery died? Just not not going to happen.
2: So what do you do? How does that message get out there and because again a lot of people might uh, that might prevent them from making the leap to an electric car when it's false.
3: You're absolutely right. It's, it's a situation like this. You talk about it with everybody. You're trying to spell that myth of what's going on. There's no, you know, there's no big branding by the car manufacturers. They're just saying how great the cars are, mm-hmm. but they're not really in their ads talking about, you know, 15 years down the road. No one really thinks that far, and they worry about the cost. So it's just one myth that shouldn't really be out there.
1: Well, it's interesting because since we started talking to you last fall, you know, we've talked a lot about you know i almost like handling objections cuz for some reason it seems human nature because again there we're our addiction to being in the familiar that uh all people want to do sometimes is just th- think of all the things they all the reasons you couldn't have an electric car mm-hmm. and that right. was one of them oh well you know the battery only lasts for a, so you've you've dispelled another one um I, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't see you last week when I picked up the latest Tesla, but I, I did want to talk to you. There's a couple things I, I have questions yes. about. Um, one, I'll ask you now, and one I'll send you a note when we're done. But here's the thing: like I've not experienced the full spectrum of the EV net experience because all my charging has been done here at my home base. Right. So now, you know, I'm starting to plan a lot of golf tournaments. And I've just had this thing recently. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in this place on a Wednesday and I have to drive to another place on a Thursday. Now I have to start thinking about the the utilitarian uh, uh, aspect of charging my car. So maybe talk a little bit about that selfishly for me and for other people that are like handling another objections. What do I to do? I have to charge it everywhere.
3: Well, this is a great thing for you. So you're driving a car with a 500 plus kilometer range. So let's say you're going out of town for a golf tournament. What you got to let the car take over. You put the address that you're going, and, and the car is going to tell you, okay, along the way, maybe you should or shouldn't stop. And when you stop, it's 20, 25 minutes. So me, myself, I'm always running 20 minutes late. Mm-hmm. So if I run out the door, I won't even stop for a coffee. But what you do in a trip like that, you say, look, I know somewhere along the way I may stop for 20, 25 minutes over the course of three, four, 500 kilometers, I may stop. So you say, look, I'll put it in, and I know down the road I'll pull in. The car will do it for you. You just put the destination and charging, it, and it will point out where you, where what your options are the whole time you're driving.
1: I'm sorry, is that part of, like, so on the on the 3 Series, is that part of the navigation? Because, like, you know, it, 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 it doesn't do that. Like, I, I put in an, uh, an address yesterday in the city. It was 15 kilometers away. Is there a kilometer a distance where it will start to plug in those. Yes. Okay. What is it? it? Will
3: If it realizes you're going to be uh, anywhere close to running down, it will say, Hey, here's charging recommended charging spots for you along the way. And, and let's say you are driving a fully loaded car heat or ACs on full blast. You're burning on the highway straight and you're, you're, you're using a bit more energy than normal. You can hit a button on the navigation. It's an add a stop. And so it's charging stations. So you hit that while you're driving or going and it'll point out, OK, Howard, look, a half hour away or an hour away. Here's the closest one. There's eight stalls. There's five available. And the beautiful thing is they don't put them in the middle of nowhere. They put them next to restaurants or malls. Like, believe me, you're, you're by the time you stop, you walk in, your car's ready to go before you are. Mm-hmm. Tess has done a wonderful job on this and the competing groups are doing the same thing, the DC fast charging. They're trying to put them also in convenient, pleasant locations.
1: And, so, well, and, and just one last part of this, because, um, you know, I have a level two charger in my garage. These charging stations that you're talking about, the Tesla will navigate to are superchargers. Yes. What if I'm someplace and and I, I think you've told us before, but it's, it's now it's starting to become real to me. What if I'm at uh, an Airbnb, say, in St. Thomas, which I'm going to be next month, and I want to just top it up overnight. I don't have my supercharger. I just have, like, my – an everyday charger. So, uh, right. It comes with, like – so get talk about that, the basic charger in the car.
3: Okay, so I did that last summer. As an in Agro on the Lake at an Airbnb. You pull up, and they have a plug right out there. You remember people had the uh, the – winter like the the block heater thing with a yeah. plug as well. So a lot of these Airbnbs are starting to realize, well, if we can attract EV clientele, that'd be great. So they have a plug there. You could go in and plug in and you're adding whatever, 120K overnight while you're there at a slow charge. So a lot of places are catering and attracting to that. And and I must say in my travels I've been pleasantly surprised And you know how often people will cater to that market. And even at golf courses, you go to some now or restaurants quite often, they are charging out there uh, up front. So you're stopping for an hour or two and charge up. So your car cable will cover you in case you're really out there, you know, and and there's no supercharger near you. Okay. But the difference is when you're on that route, what I would say is if you're going four or five hundred kilometers away, Plan to stop before you get to the end. And we don't end up with 50K. Stop for 20 minutes when you're an hour or so out and get your few hundred K. Then you're free to come back without an issue. Okay,
2: very good. Stop, get yourself a nice chocolate eclair, and then, uh,
3: you know, you're good to go. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that is it. I am really looking forward to this, Daryl, because I uh, I had this conversation with somebody who also has an EV, and I was like, okay, so if we're going to London, you know, and he's already done this a couple of times. And he said, well, there's a place just off the 401 at the, at the thing. And he just, just paused, stop there and, and top up the car again. But I think a lot of people, this is one of the big objections, right. especially as summertime comes, you know, and I, and I want to kind of hammer that a little bit to handle that objection because, you know, it isn't, uh, it isn't something that, you know, we stop for gas all the time. Yes, it's you know it's a lot faster but you know so what you 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 it's so much cheaper by the way is, what is the cost to tell me what that is
3: great question so if you're on that dc fast charging which is the most expensive charging if you're pulling on these fast chargers you're paying probably 23 bucks per okay. charge versus over 100 bucks for gas okay. so mm-hmm. you know, for that 15 minute or 5 minute probably extra delay after you get your coffee well worth the savings for Absolutely. most people well
1: i we started with batteries and this whole thing has been about charging the battery but let me just finish by saying the experience is so unique i've talked about this before you know most times you don't get to test drive a car for more than 20 minutes this time you can test drive an ev doesn't matter it doesn't have to be the tesla it could be the outlander the nissan leaf the bolt the kona and the experience is so different have it have an ev in your life for a while see how it works with you and your lifestyle and i promise you you know it it for me, it was almost immediate, like, oh, I get this. And I think you will, too. Uh, thanks to Daryl and uh, the birthday boy, Daryl Croft. EVnet.ca is where you go to find out more. And uh, just keep your phone on. Let me call you in the next half hour or so.
3: Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Okay, Daryl. Good to see uh, you, man. Thanks, Daryl. Daryl
1: Croft. Look at him. And there's Dan Duran.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I bet you Dan Duran's got lots of negativity above the EV experience. I know he does. Some probably uh, landfills and electricity, and we should all just be portaging canoes. That's what Dan would like us to do. <laughs> That's right,
0: yeah. I want a portaging network.
1: Yeah, exactly. Dan yeah. won't rest until we're all just walking around again.
0: Getting <laughs> back to the Voyager canoes.
1: That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Dan wants us all just to be portaging and walking. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Do we have uh, a uh, Do you want to do the Dan Duran news, Fred? Are you uh, still? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you still yeah, uh, have any energy for that? All
3: right, Let's then. Here we no. go. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell
4: of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh.
3: Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as
4: asks for credentials.
3: He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care
4: And his voice
0: is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now
1: live from Lisa's well-appointed uh, living room Looks very, very nice there, Dan Duran Very hospitable uh, With news and views, here is Daniel J. Gebert, Duran
0: well, a happy follow-up, maybe, to yesterday's TTC No-Sell Service in the Tunnels Talk. Remember that one? Mm, fascinating. Yesterday? Yes. Well, Rogers, uh, uh, just as they're closing that big deal with Dubai Shaw, they announced that they're buying another company bai that company that has the 20-year contract to provide the infrastructure on the subway so when that deal closes rogers said that uh, they'll upgrade the tech which may take a couple of years i guess that was one of the the big three's objection to that company is that their tech was behind the behind the times and uh they said they will maybe enter talks with the other two, meaning Bell and Telus, to bring them on because now they would own BA, BAI and that contract that the TTC has. So, I mean, it's still it's it'll be good for Rogers customers, but it's still a would be still to be seen whether or not Bell or or Telus will be uh, you know hopping on the whole subway thing.
2: Hmm. See, you'd only oh Rogers isn't building the infrastructure. You'd you'd have to have a Rogers phone and. In order to use the Wi-Fi, well, it's not Wi-Fi; it's cell service and Wi-Fi. So oh, basically,
0: okay. with yeah. your digital, whatever, right? Jeez. So in the Sorry. tunnels, yes, BAI has the the contract, and they built an infrastructure, but it's on the older, you know, three G oh. or whatever. So. The other companies. One of their objections was that the, the uh, tech wasn't up to you know where they're going today, and they wouldn't want people on on those things because they they'd blame them if the infrastructure went down when they're in At the tunnel. So anyway, you know I yeah. think you'd take it with a grain of salt. But Rogers says that they want to upgrade it to you know the the five G and all that. Um, But then, and and so you go in, but they still have, so Rogers will own BAI. BAI owns that contract with TTC. So Rogers takes over that contract, in effect. Mm. Just get Get it,
2: done. Just get
0: it. You know, that's fascinating, Dan. I was, uh, is there any part
1: of that story where you're going to talk about eating abortions? Or no? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> none, none whatsoever there's no twist coming up where are you talking no, about that? no
0: twist no no it just uh, there you go just another uh,
1: well as a follow-up that to is the actual story. i like that that's actual news that a listener could use yeah bravo and you, you say that sometimes right uh, will you uh so you're feeling better you're gonna be on the set of another big movie or a tv show tomorrow
0: not tomorrow no it's uh, coming up next week oh but you're doing your fitting the war, yeah, I just uh, texted him and said, hey, do you want to do, do it today? Or maybe we should put it off a day or so.
2: Was this the show that you you couldn't reveal a couple of yeah. weeks ago? Yeah. Has then it you, been revealed?
0: No. You can't reveal. No, no reveal. I
2: haven't, I haven't talked to them yet. I so got to make
0: sure that it's, it's okay. It's Whatever without reveal. Yeah. Got to go over that with anybody. Well, our show There's, tends It's to top, make top, <laughs>
2: secret. <laughs> our top secret. Told, if our you show, revealed, would someone die? <laughs> our show
1: tends to make people a tad nervous. Well, I don't want to be on that show. All they talk about is poop. to
2: even ask. That's right. This
1: is all they talk about his shit and stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: mm. Hey, do you guys know the Canadian uh, Screen Awards start today? They yeah. do one The Screen Awards. The Canadian Screen Awards. What do
1: you mean they start? How long does it go on for?
0: It's a few days. Just like the Academy Awards. It's like Air Oh, 40s. I didn't know that. No. Are you up this for is anything? The thing, there used to be... The Genies and the Gemini's, and now it's right. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's all one thing, and they've you know got four days of whatever. And then in that whole thing is the uh, the news awards are coming up, and uh, Lisa Leflem, um, mm. you know, she She's getting an award, the Gordon Sinclair Award for broadcast journalism. Yeah, and she also put herself in for the uh, news anchor of the year. And good for uh, her, because CTV didn't do that. No, because and she'll
1: win. And what about you, Dan Duran? Are you uh, going to be nominated for
0: anything. No, not nominated for anything.
2: Damn Why it. wouldn't you put your your name in as news anchor? <laughs> That's right, You should. You, you should just do, do that. You play. You're always a news
1: anchor. And he does wow. news on this program, which is somewhat broadcast on the Facebooks.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's not on a screen. Well, I guess it's Facebook. It is, Dad. So, so, okay. Well, next year, I'll uh, I'll read up and and see if I can submit my name with, you know, the greats that are out there right now, like Donna Friesen. Yeah, exactly. Adrian Arsenault, Hannah Mansing, and uh, Andrew Chang. Those are all... Adrian Arsenhole.
2: Who's that? (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why
1: we're not nominated for stuff. (laughs) Because, uh, you know... We made a, we've, made a, our, we've made our beds. We've decided to poo-poo <laughs> to the establishment. That's why 30... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, we, I remember one conversation we had that with the Turpy guy that was actually pretty funny. It was when we were in San Miguel talking about uh, the little general's 365 days of people he liked in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And that guy was on it. Uh, he didn't get he didn't get until like the high 330s or something But I remember you and I laughing about the fact that think about how that guy had such distaste for us that he knew 365 people in broadcasting he liked better than me and Fred
2: Fuck. And then I I, <laughs> I, said to him, I said, "Work, it's the only reason he did that <laughs> list is to leave us out. That's right. That was his motivation. That's I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to do a list of every day of somebody. That's right. Only yeah, because I want to leave all Fred off. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, he, he was thinking of doing it 10 years, but then, even then he couldn't have put us on the fucking <laughs> 3,650 people.
2: Oh, well, and then another thing about that is that... Yeah, how does Bill Hurts not like, like a, How do you not? Know well, I'll tell you how. Because that hurts. Bill Hurts not on. Are you kidding me? One of the sweetest, nicest, greatest people in the industry. And Voldemort makes it.
1: Yeah. Do you know that Bill Hurts was left off that list? Because he and Little General, Little General didn't like Bill Hurts. That's all you oh, fucking. How do you not like Bill I, Hertz? Exactly. That's all you need to know fuck about him, him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck. fuck, him. fuck <laughs> It's all you need to know about that guy is he didn't like Bill Hurts. Fuck not what? liking us. No one does. But Bill Hurts. Fuck
2: that. Can you imagine? Like, Bill... What good is the list if Bill Hurts isn't
1: on? Well, that's all... The whole thing has been compromised. <laughs> oh.
0: Fucking, fucking... But it was all just to get you guys anyway. So what? Are oh, you absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Small what burn. it should be called. He
2: sat there and he go, okay, I'm going to have to do this for the next 365 days. <laughs> but it's it's going to be it. a pain in the ass, but listen, the payoff is... I won't put Humble and Fred on it. Oh, that'll teach him. Sweet.
1: <laughs> Sweet victory over Humble and Fred. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Hurts not on the list. There you go. So what that does, it tells every single person on that list, you shouldn't be on
2: that list. No. And that one. And again, that one that didn't age well about uh, that. He, because it was one of the good ones, right? One oh, of the, the good, good ones. ones. And then uh, Derringer was one of the good ones. You mean mm-hmm. just race broadcaster of Voldemort Derringer?
1: <laughs> uh, okay, there's a show. That's enough show for one day, isn't it? What are we doing tomorrow? Oh, yeah, Tony Clement will be here. That'll oh, be good. Tone. We'll catch up with Tony. And uh, Dan Duran, we thank you for your service. And uh, Ralph Benmerge, we'll get you back on, and hopefully people can see you on Zoom next time.
2: Hey, Howard. Uh-oh.
1: Is there something you forgot?
2: Yeah, the chamber's... Oh, see, I didn't... <sighs> Fuck, man. Okay. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca. Find out all you need to find out about how your small company can become part of Of The Chamber's Plan. It's really fantastic. It's dental, it's prescriptions, it's travel, it's a mental health thing. They have an HR component. They've done a great job of holding the line on uh, premiums over the past several years, because that's important for a small business. You make the dive, you become part of this, you got to know what it's going to cost you. It all makes sense. Take the time today, chamberplan.ca.
1: Now, you know, I wasn't sure if you had dinner or not. And somewhere in my brain, I thought, oh, yeah, I think I remember <laughs> that was wrong can goes, i leave
2: Can I leave you with one more? oh, listen, we could go on forever. No, no, because we had talked about this, and it was significant. Um, yesterday was the one hundredth day of two thousand and twenty three yesterday was the one hundredth day of two thousand and twenty three there was a mass shooting in yes. Louisville, Kentucky at a bank. Five people dead, host of others uh, uh, injured. 25 year old shooter. Apparently, he had been given his notice, so he goes back, as we all would, right? Mm-hmm. You can fired, you go back and shoot yeah, everybody.
1: Shoot everybody but, um, with an AR 15.
2: Okay. So, the 100th day of the year, 2023, guess how many mass shootings now in the United States? 100. Uh, That was the 146th mass shooting of the year. 146 mass shootings in 100 days. What is wrong with that country? And, well, I'll tell you what, that's a great
1: question. We'll leave it there. You know what? Mm -hmm. And we'll answer that question tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. Tomorrow (laughs) on the program, (laughs) we will answer the question, what in the fuck's wrong with those people? (laughs) In the meantime, here's Dan Duran.
0: This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all of our emails, and we now have a Friday show for them. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing helps us out. So does giving us all the hearts and stars. 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 I'm okay. Resetting here. For Humble Friend, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you're at the Jays' home on opener today, wave hi to Howard and remind him what teams are playing. Enjoy every goddamn day. All right, strokey